1: Alright,
2: welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher, joined by the whale capper, Drew Dinsic. Thanks to everyone watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. Today we're going to go through Bucks, Ravens. We're going to welcome in as well, Super Bowl champion, former quarterback, Sean King. Drew and I have not won Super Bowls in our (laughs) but We're looking forward to getting Sean's insight on some big games, including Packers-Bills, which now is maybe a bigger spread than it is a game. Uh, and then we'll hand out our best bets at the end. But
3: Drew, what was the main takeaway from Bucks Ravens last night? I mean, it was a sweaty way to get an over. I'll tell you, there was like there was like 850 yards of offense, and we barely, barely, barely made it over uh, the, uh, the the opening 44 and a half. But uh, um, it was a painful game to watch at times. Uh, it's tough watching the Bucks and Brady right now operate. Um, the defensive injuries for the Bucks ultimately caught up with them, on top of how much time they spend on the field and just in general the deterioration of the quality of the play of the defense. Even though that has really been what has carried the load for the Bucs so far this season, uh, so if they slip up at all, and you know with the injury to Shaq Barrett and uh, some of those secondary pieces not necessarily being uh, likely to come back, you know, in, and be 100% anytime soon, you really got to start worrying about where the Bucks go from here. They face the Mighty Seahawks coming up in Munich in a couple of weeks. Uh, That'll be a fun test. They got a couple of really kind of frisky, difficult games on their schedule in the next uh, handful of weeks. And uh, they have now have zero margin for error because, you know, there are teams that are compiling wins in their division, even if they are clearly not as good as the Bucks. But um, my, uh, I guess most of my takeaways were on that side of the ball. The Ravens look fine. Uh, the Ravens, you know, kind of employed a little bit more plus EV offense in the second half, made a couple of key adjustments that really, I thought, won them this game. Um, and so, you know, you have a good coaching staff. You have Lamar Jackson, who's, you know, we talked about it a little bit a couple of days ago, like how is the league changing and like, you know, who is succeeding and what are those players' traits? Well, I mean, Lamar Jackson checks all of those boxes, and he hasn't really kind of popped, uh, you know, statistically so far this season. But uh, the likelihood that he may and then ultimately take, uh, you know, the Ravens to a higher level, I think, is something you have to have in the back of your mind. Um, you know, his success goes through him. There's no one else helping him on that offense. So um, generally, uh, fair upgrading the Ravens offense a bit uh, and fair grading the down, yeah, Tampa defense a bit. Um, but uh, I would mostly just like to see – Uh, Tampa continued to find some kind of cohesion offensively. Uh, Didn't love some of the play sequencing. Uh, They still haven't really quite figured out what their identity is, even beyond not having coherence. Uh, So this is still a long way to go before Tampa is realistically a contender. And that hurts me because I bet into them thinking we were buying the bottom a couple of weeks ago, and we did not.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, the big takeaway is the Carolina Panthers are going to win the NFC South, just as we (laughs) talked about uh, throughout the week. We talked about them at twenty to one on points bet right now. They're still plus fifteen hundred to win the NFC South, which I think is absolutely a bet. If they beat the Falcons this week as four point dogs, then they will be top of the NFC South yeah. with the tie break over Tampa and uh, also New Orleans uh, and the Falcons. Uh, <laughs> they'll have three head-to-head with the Falcons. Yeah, they'll have yeah. all the tiebreak. Yeah, it's all yeah. coming out for uh, for PJ Walker. Uh, let's bring in Sean King right now. Uh, Sean played six seasons for the Bucs and Cards, currently the host of Primetime uh, from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern weeknights on VSEN. Sean, great to have you here. Looking forward to jumping into some of the Week 8 games. But firstly, what were your thoughts last night on Ravens-Bucs?
4: Uh, father time is funny, right? <laughs> you know, he doesn't give you a two-week notice. You know, he doesn't tell you. <laughs> You got 30 days to find another gig. He just kind of shows up one day. and You know, I'm not going to use the word or the term washed because I don't think Tom Brady's washed. But in my opinion, Floyd Mayweather, the greatest boxer of all time. Yet in his last couple of fights, you could see the reaction speed diminishing. You could see the recovery becoming harder. Like now when he fights exhibitions, he looks like a shell of himself doesn't take away from how great he was but father time knocked on his door same things happening with Brady he still can function at quarterback in spots but the anticipation the confidence the ability to push the ball down the field father time has knocked on Tom Brady's door and it's almost i don't know how Tom Brady could get bad karma on the tail end of his career but <sighs> Everything else is going array at the same time. And know, so know. at a at a period, <laughs> Drew, where the Bucks can't defend the run and can't run the ball, their only chance would be Brady to be in prime form. And because he's not, I don't see playoffs in the future of this year's team. Mm. Yep.
2: Where are you mainly seeing it, Sean? Because he can still throw the ball deep, but it seems like it's it's like the third and eights where he's double-hopping the ball. Are you just seeing it just in every player? is there one specific thing with Brady that gives it away that he's not the same guy?
4: Hey, anything over 25, 30 yards, it's got to be perfect. I mean, perfect protection. Yeah. He's got to step into it like the ball's got to come off of his hand correctly, and it could be injury. I mean, he might be fighting through something, but I'm just giving the visual evaluation the ball doesn't have the same velocity on it. And I'm not blaming him for the Bucks' failures. I mean, they got a lot of other issues, too. As I mentioned, they can't defend the run, and they can't run the ball. So I'm saying the way this current team is constructed and performing, you would need a Hall of Fame year from the quarterback, whoever it is, for them to be a legitimate contender.
3: Uh, real quick, the, uh, the reason that Karma got him, the dude made a documentary called Tom versus time. And basically, you know, he did, he did, he did, he, uh, he, 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 did the, the classic move. You never celebrate too early. You never, you never claim victory over time before you actually do retire on top. And he had the chance to do that. But uh, I, I agree with your take in general, his velocity doesn't look the same. Everything does have to be perfect. His only like impressive ball last night was where they gave him like a nine step drop back. No one was rushing him. And Mike Evans beat his guy one-on-one and it's like, oh, right, Well, that that's that's a that's a good play. It's like, well, you can't you don't you don't get those on every play. And really, the margins are very very narrow now for the Bucks because, like you said, like the defense is hurting. They cannot, you know, it's a one dimensional offense, and you know, he just doesn't you know it doesn't have quite the same. You know, he had elite pass protection the last two years. He had elite skill position players. Uh, you know, helping him the last two years. And now those guys are hurt and or retired and, uh, you know, just like small margin, small, you know, small margin combined with a-, a slight decrease in ability. And it looks like, you know, the guy fell off a cliff.
4: Big picture point, Sean McVay and the Rams won a championship through veteran free agency. I think this is the other side of that. The Tampa won a Super Bowl through veteran free agency. Yeah. They had some guys that were drafted Devin white, Levante, they but. Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette, Jason Pierre Paul, and Dominican Sue. Like these were guys brought in, Rob Gronkowski in free agency to win a championship. If you look at what's happening with the Rams, if you look at what's happening with the Bucks, I think this is the other side of that. I think the 49ers are in the middle of it right mm-hmm. now. They have to win a championship this year, or the next three, four years could be extremely bleak. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Let's get into that game in a sec. But first, Sean, came for your thoughts on Brady's old team, the Patriots, who are two-and-a-half-point favorites uh, at the Meadowlands against the Jets. Now, what do you make of this Bailey Zappi-Mac Jones situation? Would you be starting Mac Jones like it looks like Belichick is?
4: Well, let me ask you a question. What's the most important position in football? You're the quarterback position, I would say. I hope, <laughs> I, I, I hope Bill Belichick and the 2022 Patriots flame all the way out. I am so disgusted that he would take a guy that has been a defensive coach his entire career at Matt Patricia and put him in charge of the offense and then take a guy in Joe Judge that's been a special teams guy and make him the guy that's in charge of the quarterback room. Like, that is so disrespectful, like, on so many levels. I hope this fails. I hope it fails in a very entertaining fashion. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> uh, what
3: happened Monday night? <laughs> <laughs> they did not look good. Uh, but also-
4: Wait, this
0: is
3: how about this? How about this game from a setup standpoint? Like these two teams play each other in the AFC East every year, and it's always Big Brother, Little Brother, where you have the very competent, trustworthy defense, uh, game manager, quarterback. Uh, you know, going up against a team that has a, a joke of an offensive coordinating staff, a joke of, uh, you know, a quarterback situation going on. All of a sudden, it's like Freaky Friday here. We've got Shu very much on the other foot where, uh, you know, the Patriots are sort of the, you know, the team in shambles here. But yet two and a half point favorites in the Meadowlands, even with all this.
4: So here's what's interesting. Uh, I don't know if you guys watch Game of Thrones, but to me, Belichick is like Lord Bayliss or Barry. <laughs> like he's always got some back channel, backdoor deal working with the football gods sure. because the Jets were going to kick their butt and then all of a sudden Brees Hall, who yeah. was the only bright light on this Jets offense, has a season-ending injury. So I know they traded for James Robinson, but he's not the big player big play touchdown threat to Brees Hall is. so I just don't know if the Jets have enough firepower if you look at statistically what what Zach Wilson and their passing game are doing it's bottom of the league like it's catfish at its finest so eventually (laughs) you know that's going to catch up with them in the win-loss column I think it does Sunday as much as it pains me I would lay the two and a half with the Patriots on the road I like
2: yeah. it. Yeah. Zach I'm Wilson versus Bill Belichick doesn't sound like a recipe for success. At the same time though, Justin Fields against Bill Belichick didn't either and Fields got the better of him. Uh so let's go to Niners minus one and a half at the Rams. Now, these two teams played a few weeks ago. The line was also Niners uh, one and a half at home. And I think the thought is, is that The Rams are trending in the wrong direction, even though they got that win uh, over Carolina. Just the offensive line, it's just not viable. Now the Niners, this team of monsters with Christian McCaffrey added uh, to go with all their big names. Are you buying into the Niners' hype? Or do you think the Rams uh, can bounce
4: back? Well, situationally, the spot favors the Rams. Uh, Emotional game the Niners just played versus the Chiefs. Rams were on a bye. But uh, I just think it's a lot of Super Bowl hangover. And as I mentioned earlier, I think this is what happens when you build through free agency primarily. Um, You end up with a bunch of guys, if you win a championship, to not just have a championship but also a bunch of money. And it's been said a whole lot of different ways. I think in the movie Rocky, uh, the trainer told Sylvester Stallone, you know what happened? You got civilized. I think Marvin Hagler said it's hard to wake up off a silk sheet. So they're too rich. The weather in L.A. is too nice. I it think is. this is a no-playoff se- no season for the Rams. i like the Niners to bounce back in this spot. That pass rush is going to eat Matthew Stafford up. Yeah.
2: Where are you at on this game, Drew? Because we liked the Rams last time these teams played and uh, weren't rewarded for those thoughts. <laughs> you think the
3: D-line is just too yeah. much and the Rams just not, not viable? I mean, I've been making jokes that I'm on a self-imposed suspension from betting this matchup. uh, Still serving that suspension. Not allowed to bet this game. But if I did, I would definitely take the Rams. I'm not buying really what the Niners are right now, conceptually. I... It's just, a, yeah, there's just way, way, way too much going on with, uh, you know, the you need everything to go perfectly. Uh, Jimmy G's never going to give you kind of consistent performance. So everybody else around him has to do their job at the 100th percentile. And, uh, you know, small slip ups here or there against a team like the Rams that has Aaron Donald out there healthy. Uh, you know, I still think that was a huge component to last year, you know, last time's expectation. I uh, expected, you know, going up against that really weak interior O line, he was going to be able to just dominate. And they went with a, uh, a, you know, a game plan that specifically tacked away from, uh, you know, being vulnerable to that. And uh, yeah, I, I, I have a very tough time seeing that work twice. So well, this know, would be Rams let me, let me, for me, but I got to pass. Let me let
4: me, let me uh, counterpoint Drew a little bit. You tell me what you think, because I think the, the teams are very similar. I think the difference is the Niners have actually hit on their draft picks and free agents. Yeah, uh sure. Brandon Ayuk has developed. Debo Samuel, of course, is a star. George Kittle is elite. They added Christian McCaffrey. You look at the Rams, they got Cooper Cup and what? I mean Allen Robinson's yeah. been a complete bust. Uh when Cam Akers fumbled in the playoff game last year, it looks like all his confidence went to the ground with the ball because he's been a shell of himself, you know, since those fumbling issues. Do they have enough? Even though, you know, Matthew Stafford is a good quarterback but he missed all the preseason obviously something's wrong he's not mobile they can't pass protect like how do they not just get overwhelmed but the only thing I that makes me give pause and I probably won't bet this game is why is the line only one and a half I mean with all the Rams issues I was expecting the Niners to at least be two two and a half point favorites so I'll probably just stay away
2: I think the one thing with this game is that Van Jefferson is back, and it's not like Van Jefferson is Randy Moss on the Vikings or anything, but he is a deep threat. He does space the field a bit more for them. They haven't had that vertical element all season. It's been Allen Robinson, who's looking like a tight end out there, and then Cooper Cup, and then just nothing else. But Van Jefferson maybe is that kind of three-point shooter who does space the floor and opens things up. I, just don't hey, think that Jay, line. I know,
4: I'm sure you like to have different streams of income coming in. And listen, you are the only person in the world – <laughs> Jefferson. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, no, he's a guy. He's a guy. They don't have anyone deep. Like I get it. Right there, Jefferson. How was- how are you how are you creating time to to get That's him the, the ball? No nope, boom's gone now although I guess I, if you want to if you want to paint one potential positive, like if, if all of a sudden the Rams offense is like, whoa, that looked a lot better than I expected. They are getting their center back. Uh, and, you know, you know that should help. But losing no might be meaningful. Uh, you know, that, that offensive line is lean and weak. Uh, and Stafford obviously playing with the bum down is and, and, and not a very mobile guy. Uh, he looks uh, to be kind of in a tough spot, in my opinion. Yep, hey, listen, they, they,
4: shouldn't have tra- they shouldn't have traded Robert Woods he was a perfect fit for them they yeah. replaced him with Odell Beckham that was working great and Odell got hurt they haven't been the same since i just yeah. i don't think they have enough weapons for this 49ers team probably not all right
2: no no belief in Van Jefferson noted <laughs> let's come back to that after his 300 yards all right uh, let's move on to giant seahawks big uh, van dogs. guy Sean, not sure if you're aware of this, but we are a Seahawks podcast. We love the Seahawks. We're on them at 50-1 to to win the NFC West, which is looking a bit better now. We're on Geno Smith, Comeback Player of the Year. They are three-point favorites, home to the Giants. The total is 44.5. And most keen for your thoughts, Sean, on just what you've seen from Geno this year. Are you buying that, you know, this guy is playing like a top 10 quarterback in the NFL right now. Do you think that's sustainable?
4: Well, let me pat myself on the back because I view myself as the best evaluator of quarterbacks in the entire world. In 2015, I was a little premature, but I saw it. I said, Geno Smith will be the most improved quarterback in the National Football League now. He hadn't really got an opportunity to be the everyday starter until now, but I saw the talent. All he needed was maturity and time, and fortunately, he was provided that by Pete Carroll in Seattle, so this doesn't surprise me at all. And also, Listen, this is a, a, a sell-high opportunity on the Giants. What they're doing is unsustainable, just like what's happening across town with the Jets. The Giants don't have a pass catcher that has more than 200 yards receiving on the season. They've played seven games. And listen, I'm not an analytics guy, and I'm definitely not a mathematician, but I do know if you divide 200 by seven, <laughs> 30 <laughs> yards per game will get you there. And they don't have anyone averaging even 30 yards per game. So... They're going to lose at some point. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Seattle has scored the second most points in the National Football League behind only Kansas City. So that offense has proven that it can score every week versus anybody. I love I'm love it. i going Seahawks. Yes. The three.
3: Let's go. Yes. We, we, we ride uh, as long as we got you here and as long as you are the preeminent mind in the quarterback evaluation space across the universe. Uh, who out of the 2021 rookies – and there's six of them who got starting jobs. Who do you ultimately think uh, emerges as the best out of that group?
4: I, I think Trevor has the best path. Um, I think when you look at Travis Etienne, Kristen Kirk, Evan Ingram, the pieces they have on defense, the fact that Doug Peterson is a former coach. Like when you, when you look at it in the context of, of the pieces that are in place, I think Trevor has the best path to get there. Um, Who were all the quarterbacks from that group? Yeah, Lawrence, Wilson,
3: Lance, Fields, Jones, Uh, and Davis Mills. (laughs) um, Quite the group. I
4: I think Trey Lance has the most raw talent. I just don't think the 49ers and a young quarterback was the right fit, especially an inexperienced quarterback. Because he didn't play a lot at North Dakota State. So he was a relatively like – not only a rookie quarterback, I mean he was like a freshman quarterback in college, basically. And to understand when you don't have the experience to process it from the pocket, and but you have athleticism, you resort to that athleticism. The problem is it puts you in harm's way all the time. Last year he started against Arizona, got hurt. This year started a couple games, got hurt. So those injuries have set him back even more. So I don't know if he's ever gonna get a fair platform to succeed. Mac Jones um the the pro bowl ruined mac jones and, and this is why i'm glad they did away with the pro bowl mac jones is not a pro bowl quarterback but because no one else wanted to go he had pro bowl quarterback on his resume and i think that went to his head which is not the best way to handle success but handling success is hard to do justin fields i don't really know what they're doing in chicago i mean what are they averaging 15 and a half attempts a game I think that everybody in the organization is just trying to get to the new stadium. Like whatever we can do to keep our job till we get into the new stadium. Davis Mills, uh, he'll be fired at the end of the year, but he'll be he'll he'll play for twenty years. He'll be a great backup. Uh, Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson, great personality, super entertaining, but he actually stinks. I mean, you look at him statistically. I mean, they're terrible throwing the ball. Let's keep it a hundred. <laughs>
2: All right, Sean, last game wanna hit on with you. Packers, Bills. Shockingly, the line is Bills minus eleven. Preseason, this would have been what, four? Four? Four and a half. Now it's eleven. Is that too many points against Aaron Rodgers, or are you taking the Bills? So
4: this is my Peter Gabriel moment. I'm going with my sledgehammer pick. Uh I like the Packers to win. Oh right. wow. Wow. the Why? entire Why? the entire public. <laughs> is going to be on the Bills coming off of a bye. Sure. Uh, The Packers have been terrible. I just feel like there's still a lot of pride in the Packers organization. I feel like the defense that has been much maligned, has a great game in them. I think Aaron Rodgers is kind of embarrassed. I don't Mm -hmm. think he – I think Aaron Rodgers is one of the most talented players we've ever seen, but he might also be the most tone deaf. Uh, Like, wherever (laughs) – like, he has no – like, idea of, like, public perception. Like, what's the vibe in the streets? What are people saying? It's like he's oblivious. and uh I, But I think he heard it this week. So, I think you're going to get uh, an excellent contest out of him. And I do think they lose at Detroit the following week. But I think Green Bay uh, finds a way to win this game in Buffalo. But I definitely think they cover. And I think they're going to have a chance to win it outright.
3: I don't mind that look. Drew, are you on board with Packers plus 11? I mean, this is a lot of points. Uh, yes. The look ahead was like eight. It's 11. I mean, that that that's a big adjustment when, you know, the bills are coming. You know, we nothing changed about one half of this handicap. All we know is that people are even less inclined to back the Packers. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot of points. This is Packers
4: were passed. Before you get rid of me, Jay, because I know you're trying to kick me off because I'm not a Van Jefferson fan. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's an NFL show, but I do have one college bet for all of your listeners and viewers. Can Tulane? Chuckie? Kentucky, We're off oh. this week. Okay. Kentucky <laughs> upsets Tennessee tomorrow in Knoxville. Wow! Wow! Mark, wow! Mark, so long, Mark Stoops, fifteen and five in his career at Kentucky versus undefeated foes, ten and one against the spread in his last eleven. Kentucky's gonna come from him, telling in the fourth quarter to have a chance to win it. I'm going with the guy that puts mayonnaise in his coffee. Will Levis for president, baby! <laughs> oh wow, okay, man, that's
2: huge line is 12 and a half. I like it. And All never right, forget,
4: well. UK is a football school, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, well, I love
2: on, it. As you foreshadowed, me and Drew have to go get brunch with Van Jefferson. So we're going <laughs> to stay goodbye. Can you tell us, John, where to find your content?
4: <laughs> uh, yeah, we. Uh, I host a show on V-S-I-N. That's V-S-I-N from 3 to 6 Pacific, Monday through Friday. You guys can check me out. It's called Prime Primetime. Myself and Tim Murray, the ginger genius. Uh, we we give you the good man. We've been pretty good this year. We're making money. We don't get emotionally attached, uh, like Jay. Uh, <laughs> oh up boy, Van Jefferson. By the way, I'm going to play every Van Jefferson prop over. I know he's going to have a great. you right. spoken
3: into existence.
4: All yeah. right, go man. You on. Follow Time. Sean
1: okay, on Twitter at Real King.
2: Sean Go Right. Go catch. Speak soon.
1: Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargocom active cash.
3: What do you want from your sports book? Better odds? Fast and easy live betting? Sounds like you don't want to just bet. You want to live your bet life. When you bet with PointsBet, the official sportsbook partner of NBC Sports, you get better odds and bigger payouts, all in a fast and reliable sports book. Download the app now and sign up with code NBC2000 to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Additional terms and conditions apply must be present in New Jersey, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Colorado, Michigan, Virginia, West Virginia, New York, and Pennsylvania. Void where prohibited must be 21 plus. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800GAMBLER.com. Net. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, one 800 4700 in Colorado, one 800 270 in Michigan, 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia, 877-8-HOPE-NY. Or text hope ny four six seven three six nine in New York. www.pointsbet.com/terms and conditions for more details.
2: we get into our best bets, Drew. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands each week by predicting what will happen in college football, on the NASCAR circuit, and in the Premier League this weekend. There is also $100,000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Packers and Bills in our Sunday night contest. Let's jump straight into that. One of the questions you'll see in that contest, Drew, How many Josh Allen passing yards? What do you got?
3: This is a real tough one. Uh, I had uh, kind of come into this conversation expecting to be very enthusiastic about the Bills' chances, but kind of as noted, the market is tilted in favor where you almost have to have uh, you know green green colored glasses looking at the handicap for this game. I'm going to say that uh, the pass defense for the Packers shows up tonight, keeps Josh Allen into the 280 range. So give me that band here, uh, and we'll look for uh, you know a, a narrow win for our Buffalo Bills. Okay, I like it.
2: I'll go slightly up. I'll go 291-309. to think that the Bills won't need to be throwing too much. Despite Sean's confidence, I think they should wrap this one up pretty easily. All right, let's jump into best bets for the weekend. Drew, uh,
3: a bet that that warms my heart. You've got the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're telling me that there's any difference between the Cardinals and the Vikings? I'm not seeing it. I would make these teams probably a slight, slight favorite to the Vikings on a neutral. I don't give the Vikings a ton of home field advantage. I don't like it when you have a team that succeeded beyond what the data should tell you going into their bye week they tend to uh, do less self-evaluation, less critical kind of we need to improve here, here and here. Uh, And they come out feeling pretty good about themselves and get smacked in the mouth by the, by a team like the Cardinals who's coming off of uh, an impressive Thursday night football performance, reintegrating their most important piece on offense and uh, Uh, DeAndre Hopkins and uh, I most importantly liked what I saw from Kyler Murray uh, with the uh, you know know, increased interest in running the ball in the first half of the uh, game we saw against the Saints Uh, that's going to really unlock this offense ultimately Uh, and the Minnesota defense is uh, just on absolute fate alert for me I think that unit is very very suspect
2: yep really liked how Kings were used DeAndre Hopkins lining him up in the slot moving him around which he almost never does Uh, so I think that That will help offset the absence of Marquise Brown. And, yeah, I'm not buying this Minnesota team at all. I think they're probably like the 13th best team in the league, 11th best team in the league. That kind of range are not not as good as their record indicates. All right, another team that is not what their record indicates. We're going the other way. I'm taking the Carolina Panthers plus four, the best two and five team I've ever seen in my whole life. They have <laughs> strong, they have a strong defense, Drew Dinsick, which wants to after. Uh, and, you know, the Bucs, obviously, they have their problems at the moment. Carolina basically shut them out still. That's still very impressive to have done that. I believe in this defense being properly above average. And I also believe in the upside of P.J. Walker, who historically, when he has had a full week to prepare, when he's been a starter, he's been fine and he was the best rated quarterback by PFF grade across the entire NFL last week against a Bucs defense that, yes, isn't what it was, but is still uh, not a terrible unit by any means. So uh, I'm taking the Panthers plus four against the Falcons team that, I think you now you begin to regress a little bit back towards the team that had a five and a half win total coming into the season. You regress back to that team because they are really banged up right now. Uh, I don't believe in Arthur Smith. I don't believe in this offense and this conservatism where Marcus Mariota is throwing 13 times in a game where they're getting blown out by multiple touchdowns. So I think the Panthers they make their run to the NFC South and it begins. Uh, it begins on Sunday where they will after that be top. Of the division, uh, what a country
3: we live in! What, do you, think of, <laughs> what do, you, do you like the Panthers there, Drew? I mean, the cluster injury for the you know Falcons' cornerbacks is being undercovered, underpriced. Um, Carolina's defense is the best singular unit on the field, and maybe the thing that was missed the most, obviously, Carolina upgraded their coach. Yeah, firing Matt Rule and putting Wilkes in charge—that was a great move. Like Carolina may ultimately get to 500 this season and we shouldn't be surprised. Uh, PJ Walker again, kind of has sort of the talent toolbox to succeed in today's NFL. So uh, don't hate this at all. And uh, you know, I think um, we're not really joking like this is the year to take the crazy long shots and the wild yep. stuff. And especially in the NFC, um, you know, we didn't, I didn't really talk about it when we were candy captain Cardinals, but like, I'm looking over my shoulder a little bit as a Seahawks backer. Like, I hope this team doesn't run us down. So we'll see.
2: I like that. And I like talking about long shots. Like I like, we, it's not just the bit. We both like the, <laughs> <Yes. in> the <laughs> NFC South now plus 1,500. There is a chance they have the best defense in the division. They have yeah. assault. The offensive line is solid. DJ Moore is an elite wide receiver. And PJ Walker, there is the chance that he is good. Steve Wilkes, there is the chance that he's good. There is variance all across the board. and yeah. That's all you really want in a division like this. I also back the Bears at plus 1,600 to make the playoffs. Plus 1,600 in the <laughs> it's NFC. It's massive. They're massive. half the back. Come on. Defense is solid. Fields trending in the right direction. bit worried about the Cowboys matchup this week, but after yeah, that, yeah. a little bit a yeah. cleaner. All right. <laughs> we are done. Uh, but for all you college football fans that want some last-minute betting insight, tune in to the NBC Sports YouTube channel Saturday at 11 Eastern as Vaughn Dalzell, Brad Thomas, and Eric Groton answer your questions prior to a full slate of Week 9 games. And also don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks, everyone, watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. And if you're listening to us in podcast form, don't forget to subscribe and rate us. Go Panthers, go Cardinals, go Van Jefferson from Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick. Uh, we'll see you next week.